1: very active starting a business. It takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple of giggles along the way.
0: From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now here's your host, Tim Kilroy. (laughs)
1: Hey everybody! I'm here with uh, Nathan Lomax from Quickfire Digital. They are a web dev agency and a design agency in England. And Nathan, w- welcome. Uh, and I would love, welcome. I would love to hear sort of the Quickfire story. How did it start? Like, where are you now? And you know, what's what's super exciting about about Quickfire for you?
0: Sure. So it all started back, I'd say, seven years ago. So essentially, I was at boarding school. They uh, they all tried to push me towards university. I decided I didn't want to go. And I've always had a burning desire to set up a business. So I started a business straight out of school. I grew it offshore originally. I then decided that if the business was going to have any value, I needed to bring it back to the UK. And at that point, I met my two fellow directors, Fred and Martin. And it was then we decided, actually, the kind of 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 5 in terms of economies of scale, one of us, one of the guys loved development, one of the guys loved processing systems, and I wasn't keen on any of those things, but I love clients <laughs> and people and stuff, but actually, it sounds like a great fit, right? I can look after the clients and people and sales and and that side of things. Yeah. Fred can look after development, and Martin can look after systems and process. And And here we are two years later, and we continue to go from Strength to strength and exceeding all expectations, which has been uh, amazing and an incredible journey. I'm still learning every day.
1: That's that's yeah. awesome. Um, and also, uh, you 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 actually you guys you have partnerships where you sell as a consortium, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're part of something called the Commerce Collective, and we're just setting up something called the Hospitality Collective. Essentially, over in the UK, and I'm sure it's the same in the US, people are looking for specialists rather than generalists. So what we're doing is we're pulling together best in class expertise to give our clients the best possible products. I mean, if any client comes to us, we have a duty of care to recommend them the best solution. And I believe that is getting specialists in the relevant field to all come together to deliver a best in class offering. All
1: right. So you just said something like totally, like totally crazy because most agency owners are mostly concerned about the fee. And you said that you have a duty of care, right? Like that's such a, like, So, so tell, tell me where that comes from, because, because really most agency owners I talk to, they're like, uh, you know, as long as they pay the fee, like we will get it done. Like that's the thing that matters.
0: I think if you chase the numbers, you will always end up at the end of the day, reputation trumps fees 10 times out of 10, right? At the end of the day, look after your clients, do good work, be a good person, be transparent, represent some, some kind of core values of transparency, honesty, uh, all those good things. And the money will come, but it's those agencies that go after the money that will end up tripping themselves up. So I just think park the fees, at the end of the day, sometimes fees, you know, I, don't, I hate talking about fees. I really find it uncomfortable. <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, if I give you the result you want, then the fee shouldn't really matter. Yeah. So it's all about, okay, look, I'll just deliver the great service at a great price given. But at the same time, I'm not going to start any conversation with these.
1: Right, And uh, and so then tell me how you manage the client relationship when you're sold as part of a collective.
0: Sure. So typically what happens is the person that has the introduction will manage the relationship ongoing. So let's say you and I did some work, Tim. I would, you're my point of contact. Therefore, you and I, I will manage your relationship Well, our relationship. Um, we normally have weekly check-in calls. It's really important for me that we over-communicate as opposed to under-communicate there's One of the biggest pain points I find when talking to other marketing managers and, and clients is they're saying, I appointed an agency and then they disappeared and I, I lost all contact. So it's really important that we give them that personal care. Again, for me, that sometimes means out of hours as well. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I kind of a bring it on my, upon myself, right? I always say to myself, I'm going to try and switch off this weekend. I'm not going to do any work. But actually, in truth, if a client messages me at 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, I'll reply within five minutes. That's just how I work. I just think it's really important that a client has that kind of level of care and attention. At the end of the day, they're normally parting with a serious investment of money, and I want to make sure they get a better sure, time on that. Sure. Uh,
1: Though you should probably work on picking clients who won't message you at 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> well, well,
0: there is I, there is that chain of thought as well, I, right? Like, that's, wouldn't it be uh, nice that's, to but that's advanced. those guys? It's a
1: yeah. So, yeah. so, so then, um, so, so when you're selling as part of the collective, right? Like you, like you're selling, uh, uh, you're doing the development and then, uh, and then, uh, you're, 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 uh, you know, you're, you've got a design house that you work with, right? And, uh, and a media place that you work with, right? So, um, and so, so how do you manage the communication around those specialties, um, to the client,
0: So typically, uh, so we work with the the Armory who will deal with all the design, Quickfire Digital do the dev, the Creative Copywriter do the content, and Fountain Partnership will manage any kind of digital activity, whether it be paid advertising on social or Google. And what we'll do is each one of those agencies has a project manager. So imagine you're kind of, we will have internal comms between agencies to kind of hand over clients, but at the same time you, so let's say you Tim, I will help you through the dev part, the design part, you will deal with a project manager at the armory and they will then kind of seamlessly pass you to myself. I will then look after you and my team will look after you. Then let's say we're now looking at traffic. Okay, let's pass you over to the team at Fountain. They will then look after you. And we and throughout that relationship, there'll always be one constant and that will yeah. be the person that put you in. So in this case, me. So you and I will keep a constant relationship and It'll be my responsibility within the collective internally to make sure that everyone's pulling their weight and doing what they suggested.
1: All right, now, by the way, this is like this is just a great, this is a great model, especially for sort of emergent agencies. Um, you know, when if you're if you're at like fifty million dollars in fees, like you can go figure out how to add an additional service, right? Um, uh, you know, you could bring you could go buy a design company and bring it in house, but at at sort of this emergent stage this is such a, this is so clever now what about like the like the mechanics of this right so who does the billing like who sets the fees what you know give me give me the give, give me the inside scoop here because because i know that there are uh, you know that there are agencies that i talk to every day where where one agency comes and says well can you white label for us and and that's not what You know, that's not what most agencies want. They don't want to be white label. And so by selling this in this collective way, like everybody's transparent, but how do you, like, how do you set, like, so you find a client and they're like, yeah, great. Let's go. Like who does the billing? Who sets the fees? What's, how does that all work?
0: Yeah, really interesting question, Tim. Essentially, every partner builds independently, and that's really important because we all have different day rates and different fees. And the the thing to to nip in the bud at the outset is actually sometimes with a collective, not every partner needs to be part of that relationship. For example, someone needs just design, just traffic, and just content. They don't need build. And it hasn't come through me, therefore Quickfire Digital don't need to get involved. Yeah. Or alternatively, they just need design and build. Let's not get involved. But at the same time, each at the start of the pro, uh, kind of project or scope of work, you'll map it out. You'll have a spec, and you'll say, okay, to do our part of the deal, it will be X. Sign that off for the client. Independent contracts as well. That's another thing for agency owners. We all have independent contracts, so our relationship is direct with the client, right. not between each other in a collective.
1: Right, and I think that's—I mean, I think that—that sort of—that allays so many fears that people have, right? You know, a, a, and 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 it's sort of, uh, you know, in white label relationships, there's a there's a regular fear uh, by the agency that's that is being white labeled that the other person will just like take all that they've learned and go do it themselves and push out the white label partner. But I I love this sort of very transparent, uh, very, very transparent sort of collective selling. It's really, it's really nice. Um, and, and how did you come up with that? Like, how did that work the first time?
0: So the first time was actually really interesting because what we did is we all build through one agency. And what I found is, So the client paid in 30 days, and then the agency had 30-day payment terms, meaning the other partners ended up getting paid in 60 days. So that's something from the outset to avoid. Yeah, totally. Do not. Yeah, absolute massive learning. (laughs) So then it was we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like nobody likes 60 days payment terms, right? So let's cross that one out. So essentially, we all kind of said, okay, that this is what went well. The, The big thing is the kind of post and pre mortems. So a pre-mortem at the start of the project to say, this is what could go wrong. So I have some very optimistic people in my agency, but also some very pessimistic people. So that's the time for the pessimists to shine, right? I get them in. I'm incredibly optimistic. I think everyone is wonderful. Um, I think no one will ever do wrong. So I get all the pessimists in a room and just say, look, what could go wrong with this project? Oh, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Oh, they could do this. They could do that. And then at the end of the project, we just get the project team together and say, okay, what went really well here? What could we learn on for next time to make sure that if we did it again, it wouldn't work like that? And they're invaluable those sessions.
1: Yeah, cool. That's that that's that's great. And and the fact that you've processed that is and made it a core part of the engagement is really really cool. Uh, all right. So now we're going to get to the thing that I really wanted to talk to you about. Um, so you know we're we're friends on Facebook, and I see the stuff that you're doing, and you know you you talk you talk about your business. And I see that you like, you are, you're like hosting business breakfasts all the time, you know, you're, and, and you're always like, I I see all the time, you always get your arms around somebody and you know, there's, there's pictures and everybody's happy. And so clearly you're investing your time in the local business community, but then this December, something unique popped up. (laughs) Well actually let me let me step back. Uh, there were, the the thing that I was I was really s- struck by uh, uh, that uh, w- what's your favorite football club? Or uh, North, North City? City? Right? North City um, and you, you now have a, a box there, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that yes. was that was like a big proud papa moment for you, right?
0: A massive dream of mine. When I, when I met, so one of my mentors who's part of the Commerce Collective, uh, Marcus from Fountain, Marcus Hemsley, he's a great guy. And when I first met him for coffee, he said, what does success look like? And at that time, I just said, Corporal Hospitality, Norwich City Football Club. That is the dream. And that was some four or five years ago. And essentially, then to be able to share that with Marcus and to get the box together and go on that journey, it, it just meant the world. And now, I mean, admittedly, I've not seen him win once in a box this season. I'm going tomorrow.
1: Hey, do you like the Kilmer Report? I really hope so, because we work hard on it. And if you'd like more content like this, I invite you to subscribe to my Friday Focus email. You get weekly updates about what's on the podcast, what's new in the world of business growth, and honestly, my weekly short video essay about the things that entrepreneurs need to be thinking about right now in order to help them create an extraordinary business in an ordinary world. I hope you'll subscribe at fridayfocus.co that's fridayfocus.co it's really easy to get distracted right you know you're doing work and you're grinding with clients and you're you know and you're 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 focused on your business how did you keep that mark of 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 success like uh, you know and you didn't get to it overnight how did, how did you keep your eyes on that prize
0: yeah good question i, th- I think that i um i'm very uh, a massive believer in in Kind of continuous improvement and marginal gains and all those things. And what I've done is I, I I'm a big believer in visualization as well. So I have a uh, like an A3 board that has where I'm going to be in two years, three years, five years, both as a business and personally. Yeah. And so on there is is Norwich City Football Club and some involvement. And so I kind of dream it, I envisage it, I think about it every day. But actually, I believe that if you set there's there's two there's lots of different types of goals. But one of the goals to look at is is the difference between process goals and outcome goals. So outcome goals I can dream but I can't do anything about. Process goals help me achieve those outcome goals. So I just set the process goals and believe in the process and know that if I follow these steps, then I know the outcomes will come. And and sure enough, if I continue doing good stuff, continue being honest to myself, continue being transparent, continue helping others, and essentially I set up out on a journey, to find people solve their problems, normally through the use of tech or digital. And then if I keep doing that and keep solving problems, good things happen to good people. And I sure enough, we got the box.
1: Yeah, that well, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's great. I mean, uh, that's, that's fantastic. But you just said an amazing, an amazing thing. And this is, this is, is something that I work with, with my, with my clients on all the time is sort of understanding that results are a lagging indicator, right? The result set is, is just your grade on how good your process is. Exactly right. Right. And, and the fact that you've got process goals and, and outcome goals, like that's, that's just stunning. And and you're like 14 years old, Right.
0: Yeah, twenty five. So yeah. near enough. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I have
1: T-shirts older than you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so essentially, I believe that actually, yeah, this isn't a uh, um, this isn't anything other than science and maths, right? And yeah. and typically, if you if you think about a goal, normally you just work it back. So start with the goal in mind, work backwards, chunk it up into more realistic, tangible goals. So I don't know. Let's let's take any topic. Right, five years time, I want to achieve X. Okay, well, what does that goal look like in in three years, in two years, in one year, in six months, in three months, in one month, in two weeks, in a day? And then constantly do something each day to go towards that goal. So our goal now is to sell the agency in a fixed period of time. And I know what that figure is. So now I walk back and chunk it all back. So today, I know exactly the amount of conversations I need to have to then go imagine a, a typical funnel, right? A right. V-shaped funnel. You'd say, okay, I need to have this many coffees to generate this many opportunities to generate this many leads to generate this amount of activity, which will then help us to hit our revenue target, right. which will then, if everything's done right internally, hit our profit target, which then means we can follow our plan, deliver on our plan, So
1: two questions. Yeah. Now, number one, how do you deal with stuff when it goes wrong? Right. Because if you get got this big process, right? Like, Uh, Like the next time something goes as planned, it will be the first time. Uh, And then secondly, if you think about just process, isn't it kind of bloodless? Like, you know, you're not like, like you're invested in the process, but are you like, are you excited about it? Are you like, are like, are you investing yourself in the process? Or is this like a, like a very sort of great Gatsby way of, uh, you know, of, of sort of, of sort of creating, uh, creating success where, where it's, is, you know, where, where it's just it's formulaic
0: sure so the first one the answer to the first one about how do I deal when things go wrong a lot of it is to do with mindset so getting yourself in the right frame of mind to know how to react um, there's a really famous book I think it's called Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly successful people yeah. yep. and it's all about seeking to understand before being understood typically things go wrong because people don't follow process but at the same time, I'm absolutely not the process police, and anyone listening to this will think, "What nerve's Nathan taking? This isn't his usual <laughs> self." Right? Actually, I'm all about emotion and passion, and very little about process, right? So, I'm yeah. No well, other,
1: otherwise, it. you would not have made an investment in a corporate box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly, right.
0: exactly right. So, essentially, what what happens is you go, "Okay, something goes wrong. Let's not overreact." Has anyone died? No, great. Okay, now let's look at the situation. What's happened? Why has it happened? Has this continually happened or is this a one-off? If it is, is there anything in our control that we could have changed? Yes, there is. Okay, let's have a polite word with a person that's caused such offense. Or actually, no, that's totally out of our control. Let's do what we can. Let's be reasonable. But at the same time, let's not overreact and let's not cause mountains out of molehills when actually life happens. Things are going to go wrong. It's how you deal with those things and how you react that makes the, the kind of, I don't know that that makes it all important. Really, essentially, thinking that you can go through life without making mistakes is super naive, right? It's going to happen. It's then how you react and how you respond right. and what you do that that really is the, the true measure.
1: Yeah, that's that's a uh, um, uh, it, in the truest sense of word. That's like a very stoic philosophy. Uh, so you know, people think stoic is very unemotional, but but um, you know if you read Meditations by uh, Marcus Aurelius, like it's, it's like The guy was the emperor of Rome and shit was happening all the time,
0: right? Well, I was going to say, if you want the true answer of what happens when things go wrong, I um, freak out in my head. I panic. I think crumbs, what am I going to do? I probably kick the box under my table. uh, And then I think about a plan and solve it. But realistically, (laughs) um, there's like what I'm trying to achieve and what I know I should be doing and what I do. And even though we've got all these processes and I've got this – Kind of method of recording if something goes wrong. I think they call it black box thinking. And it's all around if something goes wrong, creative process, that kind of thing. I've got these great things in place. But at the same time, don't get me wrong, even that sometimes doesn't go right. Because sometimes emotion takes over, you're not in the right mindset, you can't take yourself out of the conversation and take that holistic kind of bird's eye view. So you just dive into troubleshooting rather than holding up the mirror and saying, why why was this mistake made i'm too busy going this is why it was made this is what's happened this is what we're going to do to solve it but actually our team won't learn if i keep uh, again i'm a big football fan um and i always say okay rather than subbing myself on and trying to save the day sometimes i have to watch my team lose one nil get them in the dressing room and say okay this hasn't worked out like why hasn't this worked what are we going to learn to make sure that we never lose one nil again Yep. um But at the same time, it's no good putting on the cape and constantly trying to be the superhero because the team won't learn. And then they'll feel demotivated, micromanaged, and the whole thing will fall apart.
1: So in December, uh, uh, across my Facebook feed, I got this invite to like the giveaway gang. Yeah. I was like, uh, I mean, it came from you. And I thought like, oh, you know, I, I, I tend not to go like pages that people you know, because everybody yeah. wants me to, you know, like, uh, to, 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 you know, the, would, you know, I connect with somebody then want me to like, uh, you know, Carl's Car- diamond and gold emporium, you know, I, like I have no desire to like, that's, that doesn't, it doesn't really help me or them. Uh, yeah. but, but, but I checked out the giveaway gang and I thought like, oh, well, first of all, how could I not like, like the giveaway gang, but tell me about the giveaway gang and tell me, and tell me how this fits into your, uh, into your carefully thought-out, reversed-engineered process.
0: Okay, so essentially, um, firstly, the giveaway gang started, uh, the idea started in August. So one thing you'll learn about me, Tim, is I kind of have a thought. I do everything in my life to access, okay, and that will become clear in a moment. So I had an idea to deliver eight presents in a bin bag to an orphanage uh, I was going to do it incognito, just leave them there. In the morning, the children will wake up. Someone will go to the door, see the presents. Is Father Christmas real? Amazing. I've created Christmas for eight people. Fantastic. Yeah. Then I thought, okay, well, how about if I build on that? And actually, if we're going to talk really honestly here, like this all started through a period of ill mental health. I was really struggling mentally and needed to regain a sense of perspective. And I was talking to some leaders about this this morning. I Got myself in a bit of a rut for, for a long, long time since the creation of Quickfire Digital. Everything, I've been very fortunate. People have always offered to help. Everything's gone our way. We've won a lot of work. We've delivered great projects. It's been amazing. However, in August, we came second in a project, which I thought we were going to win. We, um, I made some poor decisions personally. I wasn't in a great relationship. All the, all, basically, everything was going wrong. It was a nightmare. And I needed to regain perspective because actually what I thought was a nightmare, I have no idea. I had no context on what a real nightmare was. So I decided I was going to go and help those people that are actually living a nightmare. And the premise was helping ordinary people that do extraordinary things because in our county and across the world, there are amazing people out there that never get recognized, right? So I thought, okay, Let's see if I can affect 50 people, 100 people. And then I started talking to people. And here's that point about excess 200 people, 300 people, 500 people, 1,000 people, 2,000 people. This year we did 3,500 presents and 5,000 pound cash. To Holy all moly. Extraordinary, That's amazing. Which was, it exceeded all expectation. I was flabbergasted, like amazed, just honored, humbled. The whole thing. I got to meet some amazing families, I got to meet some inspirational people. And the really exciting thing is it's going to be back bigger and better this year. Uh,
1: you know, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit speechless. I mean, uh, and and not, this is you know, sort of, I'm not fawning, but, but the fact that you, you took a minute out of your, your own personal turmoil, right. And everybody has turmoil, right.
0: I mean, that's, that's a really important thing to recognize, right. Is that it's not, um, they say it's okay not to be okay over here. And, and that's very real. Right. At the end of the day, leading a business or or managing a team or working in partnership or whatever you will have times in life where things do not go your way and you will have times in life when the road is bumpy and it's important to recognize that and to deal with it in the right way you could i could have easily dealt with it in a totally different way and 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 the outcome could have been much different but i think no at the end of the day tim i'm on the show right my team look up to me, my peers may look up to me, I have people that follow me, essentially I have to set an example and and I'm trying to always show people that there is light at the end of the tunnel and, and there is always a different way of doing things, it, things aren't always black and white right, there's black, white and there's a hell of a lot of grey in between and I wanted to show people that there's another way to do it and, and hopefully that's what we did one of your questions was about process yeah. which I just wanted to touch upon right and, and actually looking at it coldly I, I guess that uh, I didn't really appreciate this at the time, but of course, Quickfire Digital has gained exposure from it, right? The whole point of reason, uh, another reason I did it is because I had all my annual leave to take in December, and I know that there's only so much FIFA and Cheerios you can eat before you just, you just get bored and I'd end up going back to work. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to do something that will take me out of Quickfire that means I can't possibly work in the business and do that. As it so happens, I ended up doing both. I cancelled my holiday. I worked and then did the giveaway gang in between and work were really accommodating. And that was amazing. Um, So we ended up doing both. But yeah, the real thing was, I mean, it was great. The team bought into it. I wish, um, in fact, after this, Tim, I'll send you some photos because the office was full. Three and a half thousand presents. It looked amazing. All under the tree We had local businesses getting involved all the team we had people coming in and rapping and singing christmas songs it was it was a really magical time and uh, it is something i'll never forget
1: so so tell me tell me uh, uh and obviously you i know you did not plan this but but how did this impact i mean the impact on the family is understood helpful thoughtful you know and, and it's sort of a very human experience but how did your team feel about their involvement you know, it was, well, I think
0: it's it's quite interesting because originally the team um, when I turned up on the 12th of December without warning and just had loads of people wrapping presents and making loads of noise and singing carols and eating mince pies I don't think they were best pleased when they were trying to deliver work
1: yeah yeah but at,
0: <laughs> but at the same time to be fair they're all incredibly supportive all of their families got involved they all brought in gifts I think it's really important for the team to realize again perspective for them as well right at the end of the day they might think sometimes our oh, clients given them grief or, or they haven't managed to finish a project on time or or something's happened or they've got challenges personally or they're they're falling out with their boyfriend or girlfriend whatever it is at the end of the day it's important that if i'm trying to gain perspective essentially they will they will follow right so it's like okay this is also important for you guys because you need to gain perspective when life isn't going the way you want it so for them to be able to get involved in the Giveaway Gang to see the amazing work we did to see come I mean I wish I could have taken some of them when I went to the hospices and and the local cancer charity and some of the homeless and just to see some of the faces and that was a real kind of the moving part right is when you see some of the lives you're affecting and you see grown adults bursting into tears and ah oh, it was it was incredible it was so moving and I I just thought wow this is something now that I hope one of my big core values is leaving a legacy. And I really hope that I can leave a legacy through leadership at work and through the work we're doing and with the people we meet. But also I can leave a legacy that when I'm not here anymore, people can be like, oh, remember Nathan? Do you remember the stuff he's done for the giveaway gang, which is now a, a massive global sensation and, and it helps thousands and thousands of people or millions of people every year. Like what a nice thing to leave.
1: I don't like. I think we are got to stop there because that's like the perfect it's like the perfect place to stop because you know we just we just went sort of like uh, a full circle we talked about you know some some business stuff we talked about the way you sort of uh, approach problem solving and then we 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 ended on 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 doing a good and human thing and uh and and i think that uh uh you both you deserve uh uh you know uh, th- thanks and congratulations
0: it's Just- a real honor to have been invited on the podcast and I've I've shared it with all my connections today to have the chance to, to speak to a new audience is always a great opportunity and I've really enjoyed it so thank you Tim for having me I really appreciate it
1: yep awesome thanks Nathan Nathan Lomax Quickfire Digital giveaway gang there's going to be links and stuff down here somewhere uh, and uh, awesome Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning in to the Killword Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good.